want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios, it's the Fade Route with DNZ. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Hey Yo Studio. Hey, it's the yo. Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. We got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about the WBC. We're going to talk about the potential return of Cam Newton. And former head coach Clinton D'Souza joins us on the in route. But we're a New York based podcast. We're going to begin today's show with St. John's getting the best coach possible right now. Rick Pitino is signed a six-year deal to be the Johnny's head coach. Uh, he's, man, he's coached the Knicks, he's coached the Celtics, he's coached Kentucky, he's coached Louisville, and just recently, recently Iona. And now he's a Johnny. Uh, Z, what does this mean for the Big East? What does this mean for St. John's? What does this mean for college basketball? Well, it's a huge deal for the Big East. You knew that my conference, the MAC, that's the that's the double A MAC, the Metro Athletic, Metro Atlantic Athletic, not the Mid Atlantic. There's two A's there, Goose. There's two A's. So that conference was too small. It was too small. Like Rick Pitino is a big fish, right? Kentucky. He coached the Knicks. He coached the Celtics. Like, Iona was the smallest school he's been at since Providence. Right? He took Louisville and they won. But this was a, a matter of time. This is a stepping stone. I think Iona knew that they were a stepping stone. And say what you will about St. John's. They've been in the wilderness. The, the Big East has been in the wilderness for a while. But, you know, this is a huge shot in the arm for the program. It's a huge shot in the arm for the conference. And you know what? It's a huge shot in the arm because it also prompted Ed Cooley, right? Ed Cooley is taking the Georgetown job, right? A rising tide floats all boats. These jobs are going to become relevant again because of the fact that serious competition is coming to the conference. Now, say what you will about Rick Pitino, the person, right? We, we, we know plenty about Rick Pitino as a person, as far as the infidelity, as far as the extortion scandal, as far as, you know, some of the unsavory aspects of his character that led him to Iowa, right? There was, there was 
just cause and a reason as to why he ended up in a small Catholic university in New Rochelle, New York. The dude was coaching in Rupp Arena, for Christ's sake. So there were circumstances that led to this. But it's a big win for him. It's validation, right? In his three years, he reached the NCAA tournament twice. He was the MAC coach of the year twice. The credentials are there. I don't need to list Rick Pitino's bona fides. If you know college basketball, you know who Rick Pitino is. But it's redemption for him. It's opportunity for St. John's. And this is the phoenix rising from the ashes if you are a big Easter like yourself. Yeah, I mean, you can't do better. I was surprised to see how old he is. He's 70 years old. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was surprised to see how old he was. Um, he's got such a—he's just got such a passion for the game, and he's—and he's a true New Yorker. Like he's a New Yorker. Like he was born in New York, he grew up in New York. Like you—you you can't. And he's been—he's been everywhere. I mean, he's been all over the world, not just the United States, all over the world coaching basketball. Uh-huh. He spent time in in Greece. Um, and he, he spent time in, in Hawaii. He spent time all over the globe coaching basketball. And like you said, the problem, the only problem with Rick is that, yeah, he's, he's dirty, man. Like, you know, he does have scandals everywhere he went. Ex- I mean, there wasn't any, I don't think there were any scandals at Kentucky, you know, as far as the college program is concerned. But there was always questions. There's violations. There's things he's not supposed to do. Like, he's... He's like he's he's on the fringe as a, as a coach, but you know it's all done in good faith. He just wants to win. Um, so you got to imagine. I like the fact that he named Soriano the, the captain. I thought that was big because now he should be coming back. I think a lot of the other players should come back. Um, I think this will be huge for the transfer portal, right? I mean, come on, yes. if you're a good college basketball player right and you didn't get burned last year how could you not want to come to new york play for rick patino in madison square garden like it doesn't get any better now i know all these other schools may be maybe able to offer you the nil deals they may be able to offer you money but if you're looking to really play professional basketball if you're really looking to get burned man it st john's is the place you need to go and this automatically shoots them to the top of the conference, you figure, because you have Marquette, you have Xavier, you have Creighton, you have UConn. Creighton's good. UConn's good. I don't know if it shoots them to the – I think it's going to take a year. It shoots you to the top five. It, it's going to take a year. Yeah, 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 I'd say top five. But St. John's is so weird, right, because they always start off hot, right, and then they mellow out. And then towards the end of the season, it's like, you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to make the Big East. I don't know if they're going to win the Big East tournament. I don't know if they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I don't know what's going to happen. But haven't won, won the Big East tournament back in 2000. Haven't won an NCAA uh, you know, tournament game since 2000. You're talking about 22, 23 years of not being really relevant. I mean, look what he did with Iona. He's going to make the tournament. It's just a matter of, like, can he keep the program clean? 
and what kind of players can he attract? Like if, like I always say this, if you're St. John's, you should be getting the best basketball player in New York City. The best basketball player in New York City should be going to play for St. John's University because that's the way it was in the 80s. And that's the way it was in the 90s. Like, if you were a top player, you were Ron Artest, Mark Jackson, Chris Mullen. I'm playing for St. John's. Like, it was not even a question. Like, that's where you wanted to go. And then all these other programs come in and and people leave. But I think think if you really have aspirations of becoming an NBA player, Rick could get you there. Rick could get you there. Rick can absolutely get you there. And you know what? It it is a credit to him for not shying away from this because of the – Shadow being cast yeah. by Luke Carnesecca. Like, sure. And, you know, Luke Carnesecca, I mean, you know, you're an alum. Like, he cast a big shadow there. You know, he didn't shy away from Adolph Rupp. Like, he didn't, he does, Rick Pitino's got stones. Yeah. Like, so that's one thing that's working in his favor. The problem is, it's the ego and it is the hubris. And that's what gets him in trouble. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, you get that feeling, that invincibility, that, you know, you can do no wrong because of his resume. And, yeah, that, that doesn't work. And I think because this was, you know, he had to be squeaky clean with Iona. Because that was his redemption job. And he knew it was his redemption job. He, he knew that he had to be above reproach. Now that he doesn't need to be that way, like, is he going to go back to being the Rick Pitino that we thought he was? You know, the, the Rick Pitino that he's shown himself to be. You know, I'm interested to see, you mentioned NILs, you mentioned, you know, what? Who is he getting? Who is he recruiting? Because he's competing with other schools, but the playing field is way more level. The, the cachet of, I'm going to go play for Rick Pitino, I mean, it's not as strong. Like, yeah, you can go play for Rick Pitino, but if it's about money for you, right? if it's about money for you, I, you know, you can go to Manhattan College. Manhattan College has an NIL. Like Marist has an NIL. Iona has an NIL. You Cornell. You everybody has the NIL going. Right? It's the cat's out of the bag. It's not a dirty little secret anymore. Pockets are deep. And are you going to be able to attract the kind of talent that you need to become a national powerhouse? Beyond a Big East powerhouse, right? Because St. John's is always able to compete in the Big East, especially since the Big East is no longer the Big East. So there's some juice there. Like it's a shot in the arm. Now let's see what they do with it. But, yeah, well, the, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is like I, from. I mean, I'm an alum, so I mean, I hear that they're gonna tap into their Wall Street money. St. John's got a lot of a lot of guys on Wall Street, um, and there's. There's another alum. I think he's like, not, maybe he doesn't have, maybe he's vitamin water or something. So they're gonna tap, they're gonna tap into some of those resources. But you know, it all, it all starts with, uh, it all starts with keeping a good culture there and bringing in the best talent, 
talent you have competing at a high level. I think well, Mike, you can do that. Oh, absolutely can. My question is, who's he going to raid for my owner? Because I'm sure he's, I'm sure some well, of his players taking, are going with I, him. I heard he's taking the whole staff. Okay. Um, I see. I, somebody somebody said that to me too. It's like, what players he's going to take? I, I don't know if any of those Iona players are going to be able to help him do what he needs to do for St. John's. Um, I I know the num. I can't remember the name, but I know the number one crew in the country last year really rode the bench for either Kansas or Kentucky this past season. There's, there's rumors that he might be willing to come to St. John's. That would be huge. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But we'll, we're, you know, we'll move on to the NCAA tournament. As always, many brackets were busted this weekend with Marquette, Duke, Purdue, and Kansas being shown the door. But, see, which loss was the most surprising to you over the weekend? I mean, it's got to be Purdue, right? It's got to be, a, you know... How many times before has a one lost to a 16? Yeah. Once. Once. Right. One, goddammit. So, <laughs> like, now there's two. So, you know, anytime you see a 16 knock off a one, it's definitely, it's definitely a shock. It got Tobin Anderson that Iona job, right? Because, yeah. you know, fairly, fairly Dickinson got bounced by FAU. And then he bounced his way from Jersey to New Rochelle. So congratulations, coach. But if Isn't you're looking crazy at crazy how your life could just change just because of one one game. One well, game. yeah, totally. I mean, look at the run that Holloway made last year with St. Peter's. He parlayed that into the Seton Hall job, I believe. So, you know, it's one of those things that Enfield before uh, Florida Gulf Coast. All you need is a hot run. Laranega. Perfect example. Another great example. Laranega is still going. Like he rode George Mason to the Final Four that year, still at the University of Miami to this day. So you just got to get into, you know, get into a favorable situation, and you go from there. I mean, Marquette, they ran up against Tom Izzo. Like I'm, I'm not surprised that Marquette. I mean, I picked Marquette to be in the Final Four. So yeah, I'm a little miffed at Shaka Smart, but you run up against Tom Izzo. You're bound to get, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like done. a lot of. I didn't like a lot of people trying to say, "Oh, that was an upset." It's like, guys, it's not an upset. It's Michigan it's, State. It's Michigan State. It's Michigan they, fucking State, man. It's are not, you shitting me? It's not even. It's not an upset, man. Like, stop. Um, no, absolutely. But for me, the shit. you know, no, that's com- that's complete crap. I'm sorry. That that's just a joke. Um, Furman over Virginia. A, a lot of people were on Furman. So I mean, this has gone. I mean. Michigan, uh, not Michigan, um, Princeton over Arizona. So those those two. So I would say Purdue fairly Dickinson and Princeton over Arizona. I think those two were probably the biggest wows of the tournament. But, um, I mean, you can't be surprised that Kansas is out already because Kansas does Kansas, Kansas things. Does everything and all the time. So I don't bet on that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, not that I, long time ago. No. Am I surprised Calipari's out? A little bit. Am I surprised Duke is out? Not really. So, you know, for me, but Purdue and Arizona, like those are the bigger ones for me. 
Yeah, for me, I I wasn't surprised about Purdue because I thought Purdue was trash. And it's like the this is like the difference between like college sports and pro sports, right? Like you're Purdue, you're in the Big Ten, you're a big time program. You got a guy on your team that's seven four, and you fucking lose to a bullshit fairly Dickinson University. The guy would have been fired the next day if this was professional sports. Another one, fucking Virginia, like like really guys, really we're gonna lose to Furman. Granted, it was last second, but come on. Uh, so that wasn't surprising me because Virginia's been a letdown before. Kansas wasn't surprising to me. Um, my surprise is that it might be weird for you, but my surprise was really Memphis. Hmm. I was surprised Memphis lost to FAU. Uh, Anthony Hardaway, I thought he was going to at least win one game. Um, so for me, that was really the biggest surprise. I, I wasn't – nothing else – Nothing else really was like, whoa, I can't believe this. I know it's like Princeton's the Cinderella. I'm not the Princeton's a good shooting team. I'm not surprised at what they were able to accomplish there. And Purdue was trash. It was just a matter of time when they were going to lose. Am I surprised they lost in the first round? Yeah, but I I didn't have I didn't have expectations for them. They're just a tra- they're just a trash team. I mean, when was the last time like Purdue did anything? How many final fours has Purdue been to? I'm gonna assume like one in the last like 40 years. Like they they're just they're just a whatever program. Well, then my question to you is. Who are you surprised is still in? Who do you think would be an early ouster? I thought like, Michigan oh, State. I thought Michigan State would have been gone. I'm okay. not gonna lie. I thought Michigan. I didn't think Michigan. I didn't have them getting out of the first round. To be honest with you, um, you know. It's for just, me, it's the, Gonzaga. For me, it's Gonzaga. Like, like you're I'm surprised not, they're still there. Yeah, I, I don't believe in them. I'm sorry. I don't, believe, I, I don't I, believe in them either. But they do have like Timmy's a good player. Like they have a good player. Like I can't name a guy on Michigan State. You know. Is still there? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, so I can't. And I told you I believed in Creighton. I believed in Baylor's guard play. Um, I believed in Texas. I believed in Houston. Again, these are higher seeds, so that's not surprising. And I believed in UConn. I thought UConn, I, th- I thought they would win. Yeah, I thought they, and I like TCU, and I still have Kansas State winning the championship in one of my brackets, so. So really, Michigan State was kind of surprising just because I didn't think they had it this year to win to win multiple games, let alone the first game. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those years that it feels wide open. It really does, but... Yeah, it, but 60% of the time, number ones get to the champ, get to the final four, so... We're yeah. still, we're still, we still got a couple of number ones left. So, it looks yeah, but like... look at the number ones we have left, though. I mean, you have Bama, and you have Houston. Bama looks have... good. Houston doesn't look so great. Yeah, and then you know Houston's got Miami. So that Laranaga. Miami's, yeah, Laranaga, that's a tough team. You know, Bama's got Stan, San Diego State, both tough matchups. So it wouldn't surprise me if both number ones get bounced. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. You know, it's one of those things that 
all you gotta do is get hot at the right time and sustain your momentum and speaking of staying hot and sustaining your momentum the WBC has come and gone two titans of international baseball US and Japan met in the finals and Japan beat the US 3-2 Otani didn't even have to start but he sure was there to finish striking out his teammate Mike Trout in a moment that had me recalling Major League 2 it felt like the showdown between Ricky Vaughn and Jack Parkman with the exact same result I even first guessed the result with Mike Trout striking out to end it on a filthy filthy slider what if anything can you glean from this tournament uh, you know, what I gleaned from this tournament, and even after Mike Trout, you know, struck out in, in the post game, he was just like, I, I had so much fun these last 10 days. Like, it felt like travel ball, you know, you we're, I'm playing with guys on my team that are normally not on my team, and it was a lot of fun. And, and I was actually talking to somebody today and saying, see, that's the problem with baseball, right? It's like these last 10 days, there's not one player that has said anything back bad about the WBC. The WBC is here to stay. This ship is set in sail. They're gonna have to figure it out because players love it. But wouldn't it be great to have this kind of feeling for more than just 10 days? And we don't get that in baseball. We, We have to wait six, seven months until we're in August and September to get any feel of that. And that's 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 the part about baseball that like for most people is depressing or that sucks about it it's like there was so many eyes it was the most watched baseball game like ever the crowd was into it like every pitch every at bat uh and it was and it was truly a world event like all teams around the world you know they, the baseball championships called the world series but the world series only contains teams from america and yeah it has international players but this was truly like japan is truly the world champion right now like won this tournament so that's the stuff i'm remiss about is that you know i wish we can get more of that i mean i'm a baseball fan I could watch baseball in the middle of July. I don't mind going to games. Like, it doesn't bother me. But having that kind of excitement or that kind of um, importance in an event in a time other than October and September was special. The juice was there, right? The eyeballs were there. The problem is, is that the bodies are not ready for it. And... The question is, when do you put this event on so that everybody's ready? At the beginning of the year, right? Right now in spring training, everybody's ramping up. You're still trying to get into game rhythm. You're still trying to get into game shape. You may come into you may come into camp in physical shape, but you're not in game shape. There's a fine difference between physical shape and game shape. Now, you can't do it at the end of the year because players aren't going to be under contract. They're not going to want to play because they don't want to get injured and possibly 
damage their chance at a new deal, right? Now, you're concerned about, are they going to be ready for the, the regular season? And if you look at two prime examples, Altuve, who now has to miss about two months because he got hit in the hand by Daniel Bard. And then Diaz, who's probably going to... He's going to try and come back for the end of the year. But he's done for the year because he popped his knee celebrating. He Kendrys Morales. So, this is... That's the stuff you worry about as a major league baseball fan. Like, it's a freak occurrence that hurts my team. And... You weren't, they weren't even playing for my team. So I understand both sides of the argument. Now, is it extreme for guys like Keith Olbermann to come out and immediately say, end the WBC because Edwin Diaz got hurt? Absolutely. That is an extreme knee-jerk reaction. That is an extreme knee-jerk reaction. But maybe, maybe just maybe in the middle of July, rather than do the All-Star game, I know that... You know, the All-Star game still has a little bit of, of juice left to it. It's still, you know, it's still the best All-Star game. Let's, you know, that there's something to be said for that, I guess. But if you took a two-week international break, or if you took a three-week international break in the middle of July when everybody is at peak performance level and you did this kind of thing, Man, that would be fantastic. Run it like run it like you would the Olympics. Like really, really make it happen. And I think you could make this event even bigger because big league pitchers would probably be ready to pitch in it. Now that's the que- my question is: Is ownership gonna let them? This is where it's starting to get a little murky. But great result, great game. Japan, you know, Japan does what Japan does. They play fundamental baseball. And yep. America was swinging for the fences. Right. Right. Man. But what do you what do you see as the fix for this? Like do you do you see like a mid-season tournament? Like would would Major League Baseball owners sign up for a mid-season tournament? Uh I don't think so, but I'm not, after the results, I'm not going to say that's not that's not off the table. I just think that if you're a really good team coming into the middle of the season, you might, you know, not want your players to go. I want you to rest. You know, I want you to be ready to you know take this opportunity to rest for the stretch run. Or if you're a player that's uh, been been dealing with injury you're more likely to take that time off uh, you know I, I'm weird I guess I don't see a problem with doing it now because to me I'd rather them do this than spring training this is more attractive and, and makes more sense to me as far as competition is concerned in spring training make it optional you know you don't have to go you go if you want to go the only thing I think that's going to wind up changing is, is like dude if you get hurt you're going to have to assume some risk here yeah that's the only thing I think will change with it. It's just like people put it in the contract or there's just going to be rules and limitations on how many innings you can pitch or what you can and can't do. Um, you know, I think the Jose Altuve situation is different than Edwin Diaz. I mean, Edwin Diaz got hurt fucking celebrating. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, Trout, 
was it Trout? Trout almost got hit on the hand in, in, in the game. And he's lucky it hit his bat. And Altuve got hit. I think Freddie Freeman hurt himself too. Like, unfortunately, yes. injuries are parts of, part of sports. The only thing I'd say it's good about baseball is it's 162 games. So Altuve missing the first two months. Does it suck for the Astros? Yeah, but he ain't out for the whole year. And they just won the championship. So they should be fine. You know what I mean? Edwin Diaz, yeah, that's a bad one. But look, I think one of your players got hurt, uh, Nimmo. Nimmo got hurt sliding into second, like on just in a string training game. He hurt his hamstring. It, it happens. It happens. Gavin, Gavin Lux of the Dodgers, he's out for the year. Dodgers, yeah, it, it shit happens. But it, it's a small percentage of people it happens to. I think it's a good tune-up. I think, I think it gets you right and ready for the season. And maybe those guys will have a couple of days off in April because they played in this thing. But... I don't have a problem with it. I like the competition. I liked the I like the atmosphere. Everybody was respectful too. You know, it didn't get like out of hand like soccer can get out of hand. Like everybody was respectful. Everybody was supporting their team. There's a positive vibe in the atmosphere. There was good gamesmanship. They played with the old school rules. There's no there wasn't I don't believe there's no pitch clock or any of that bullshit. Nope. Like, there were defensive shifts, the whole thing. Defensive shifts. There's no runner on second, just go play baseball. That's great. So, hats off to it. I'm sure Rob Banford's happy. He got the storybook ending he wanted. I got the one that I wanted too. I wanted to see it come down to Shohei Otani and and Mike Trout. I wanted I wanted it to come down to those two guys. And you know, I mean, I wish Trout would have came through, but you know, I'm a fan of Otani, so it's cool to see him also dealing for his country and winning something, you know, for a change. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it was interesting to see them out of their normal element, you know, because Trout has been, Trout has been resigned to the Angels forever, and Otani, you know, he's been there five years, and they've done nothing there, so it's nice to see them, it's nice to see them on a grander stage, but you know, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't like a Tuesday in July. Like these were these were important games. You got to see. I mean, I don't know any of the people on Japan, but man, they they shut us down. Mexico shut us down. Mexico, our lineup is stacked. We've got Betts, we've got Goldschmidt, we've got Arenado, we've got we've got all these top trout. Tra- tra- we got all these great players. We got shut down by some people that don't play professional baseball. Like that's pretty impressive. I mean, you, I mean, they play in the Japanese league, so it's like you know, it's it's their major league, and they definitely do have. They, they're some of these guys are gonna get posted, and they're eventually gonna make it over. But it was the pitching; it was exactly what you thought it was gonna be. It was, it was the pitching. Merrill Kelly, one in the third innings, two runs. That's enough to get you beat. Like Aaron Loop. Two-thirds inning solid. Jason Adam, David Bedner, Devin Williams, you know, fine. But not enough top-tier pitching. Japan was able to shut down, right? They were able to lock down the eighth and ninth inning with Darvish and Otani. But they touched. we touched up Darvish, didn't we? Yeah, and Schwarber hit a home run. One run. Woo! But where's Garrett Cole? Where's Justin Verlander? Fuck where's Matt Shirt? But you you know you see what I'm saying though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you're running out. You Darvish, Shohei Otani, 
And then on the flip side, you're running out Jason Adam. No offense to Jason Adam, but one of these things is not like the other. So if Rob Manfred is working on this, he needs to figure out how to get the elite major league pitcher onto these rosters. Like it's got to mean something for them because right now, like the Yankees want nothing to do with having Garrett Cole there. You know, the Mets want nothing to do with Max Max Scherzer there. They don't want anything to do with Justin Verlander there. I don't want Garrett Cole there either, so it's all good. (laughs) Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. But you know who wants back in? Speaking of, he he want he doesn't want to be where he is. He wants to be where he was. Cam Newton. That He's guy. back. He's back. And he was throwing at Auburn's pro day. The former NFL MVP says he can't wait to show people he can still play. And there are there aren't thirty two MFers better than him. I believe he meant quarterbacks. But just, you know, rather than just 32 random MFers. Is is Cam right? Are there 32 NFL quarterbacks better than him? Yeah, that's a tough one. I you know, I when I first when we first talked about this in the production meeting, I was like, no, there's <laughs> not. No, there's a hundred percent got to be, because we get to the bottom of the barrel, those last eight guys, those last seven guys, eh, I mix them around, they're all the same, right? Mm-hmm. But then the more I think about it, I'm like, man, he's 32 years old. Mm-hmm. The last time I saw him, he was like picking up his mouthpiece in like Carolina, right? He was really struggling. Um, you know, I don't know what happened to him, because if you remember, he was the heir apparent to Tom Brady, and those first four games, he looked fantastic. Like during the COVID season, like he looked fantastic, and then he and then he actually caught COVID, and mm. I feel like he was never the same after that. Like they had that game in Seattle where he racked up like 400 yards, and I think they either won or they almost won. And then they had the game in Buffalo where they should have won, they wound up losing. But then he was never the same when he came back from COVID. And I don't know if it was lingering or what, but I don't know. I mean. Well, if you want to really take it back to when he fell off, it was after his MVP season. Oh, and, man, you're going yeah, far back. I'm doing a deep cut. I'm going to go with a deep dive. After his MVP season, how many big hits did he take? And oh, how many did. How many flags were thrown? Not many. Yeah. I mean, to me, I don't know. The NFL is weird, right? Because I look at it and I'm like, okay, is he better than Zach Wilson? Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, I think oh. so. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, what what does it hurt to have Cam out there, especially if he's paying, playing for nothing? Uh, Tennessee Titans. Like, is he better than Ryan Tannehill? I mean, I I would think so. I mean, they can't be that off, right? 
I mean, I don't think he'd go to the Colts. I mean, the Colts don't have a quarterback, but that's probably not the right place for him, right? Now, the no. Houston Texans, like, if you're drafting a quarterback and you don't want to play him right away, Cam could be the mentor, teach him the ropes, right? I mean, I don't know if he's down for a role like that. I don't know if that's that's in him right now. Um, Baltimore, you're having this Lamar Jackson situation. I mean, you guys are running the football anyway. You, you're telling me that Cam, I know he's 32 years old, He's he could do some of the things that Lamar does to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Commanders, commander, you can't you really can't use Cam. I mean, Chicago seems like a good place to him for, for him too, right? If you're gonna mentor Justin Fields, like, yeah, because if Justin Fields' game is very similar to Cam, he's faster than Cam, but very similar like he has that type of trajectory True. i mean the, the saints chose car over cam i think car is better i think cam's better than car and the buccaneers baker really man baker 49ers that seems like a no-brainer but the team that i really think should sign him is the cardinals because mm. kyler murray's out like why wouldn't you get and he's got a lot of history he's got a lot of history with the cardinals if i recall he won his national championship in that stadium, right? Mm-hmm. I think his first NFL game was in that stadium. And I believe he, when he came back to the Panthers, his first game back was actually in that stadium. And they won. So he's got a lot of history in Arizona. So I would think that of all the teams that could sign him, I like the idea of Arizona signing him, especially if Kyler can't start the season. That's fair. I'm looking I'm looking at this team, and yeah, bring him in. He's a he would be a third string quarterback. But the Eagles, you're telling me that Marcus Mariota is better than Cam Newton? What about Desmond Ritter? That's so. another guy. Yeah. But that's the problem, is like I don't I don't, see it. I don't know. The problem is, is I don't know what he really wants. Like, does he have this attitude where there, there ain't 32 guys better than me and I want to start? Or is he willing to hold a clipboard? Is he willing to be the backup? Is he willing to mentor somebody? I don't think there are 64 better guys than him. You know, and so I think there's a place for him. I'm surprised he, and he sat out last year, which is bizarre to me, you know, in a season where teams lost quarterbacks and teams needed players, he couldn't he couldn't get a job, like, he couldn't get a workout. Is that real? I mean, let's go, th- we, we can have this exercise if we so choose, right? Lamar, he's not better than Lamar. Josh Allen, he's not better than Josh Allen. Joe Burrow, he's not better than Joe Burrow. Deshaun Watson, he's not better than no, Deshaun Watson. No. Russell Wilson, okay, Star, we'll put it. They're about they're about the same right now, right? I mean, yeah. especially when you saw Russ play last year. Yeah. So we'll put it. We'll put an asterisk next to him. Davis Mills, Cam's better than him. But I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna play this exercise, I mean, right? I would also say Jared Stidham is probably better than him, and Jared Stidham is backing up Russell Wilson. So I would think That's that. Fair. I would think the eventual thing is, okay, if Russ can't play, we got Jared Sidham, who played actually really good the last two years. That's fair. Davis Mills, you're also possibly competing with C.J. Stroud. 
because I'm guessing Bryce Young is going to be off the board at number one. So, would is he better? Is Houston Texans? I don't see Cam Newton fitting into that situation regardless. Now, the Colts, you have Minshew, Foles, and Ellinger. But all those guys are in camp. Cam can't compete with them. Patrick Mahomes, not happening. <laughs> I, think, I think we can... Maybe in they do Cam, need a, they, they are in the market for a backup though. You know, maybe when Cam was in his MVP heyday, but not now. Jimmy G in Vegas, no. Justin Herbert, no. Tua, no. Mac Jones, he's not going back to New England. So even if the answer is yes, he's not going back to New England. Zach Wilson, if the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't come doesn't uh, pan out, he's better than Zach Wilson. Can he pick it? Kenny Pickett showed flashes, but I don't know. Ryan Tannehill. He's better than Ryan Tannehill. He's better than Ryan Tannehill. Ritter. He's better than Ritter. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is... We don't know what Kyler Murray is. He's hurt. Yeah. So Justin Fields. I would would go Justin Fields. And Andrew Dalton. He's not going back to Carolina. They're not doing that again. Would he back up Dak Prescott? Interesting. Jared Goff, I would keep Goff. Rodgers, would he go back up Jordan Love? I don't think so. Like, is is he better than Jordan Love? I don't know what the hell Jordan Love is. I don't know. I don't know. Matthew Stafford, uh, you're going to get playing time. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cousins, no, that job is firmly Kirk Cousins. Car, it's firmly Kirk. Car, it's firmly Cars, and James Winston is there. Don't need him. Daniel Jones don't want him anywhere near the Giants. So hurts. It sticks out to me. I, I like that. If he's willing to come in, that offensive line is really good. I'm just saying. Seahawks behind Geno. If he's willing to do it, I would take Geno right now. He's healthy. Purdy and Le- San Francisco is not even an option. I'm sorry. They they love they love them some Trey Lance and Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. They love Tampa- to get guys hurt. But look at Tampa Bay. Look at Washington. Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett, Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. Cam Newton is in the conversation with those guys. Like I'm, of what we just said, we knocked off a few of them. So 32. There, there's certainly not 32. Now, if he's willing to, if he's willing to kind of be unapprove it, then you know, go ahead, go ahead. But if he's unwilling to be unapprove it, and he wants a guaranteed starting job, there's the door, man. I'm sorry, the XFL's hiring. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Speaking of guys that are proven, Julius Randle of the Knicks 
had 57 points against the T-Wolves on Monday night. That was the first 50-point game since Mello. But they still lost. In regulation. In regulation. 140 to 134. So 57 points in a loss by Julius Randle. Big deal, little deal, no deal at all. I'm going to say it's no deal. Like, you lost the game, and they both teams scored over 125 points. Like, was anybody playing defense? Like, that's just absurd. And it, it, and Julius Randle, he's, he's putting a lot of effort out there, and it's like, dude, you got to get ready for the playoffs. I'm not saying you got to load manage yourself, but... I mean, this is a heavy cross to bear over here. So I say no deal. I don't really. I'm not getting into it. It's a nice story. Like that. That's nice that you were able to do something that, you know, the last person to do was Carmelo Anthony. But ultimately, it's a game in March. Is it really affecting your standing? you're pretty much going to be the fifth seed if you're the Knicks, right? Like, you only have a few games left in this season. You're a couple games ahead of the Nets. You're significantly behind the Cavs. So you're going to have to get equatorially hot or the Cavs are going to have to slip back to you. And it's not... It was was 100... The the Knicks scored 134 points. My man had 57 points and had one assist. Dude, pass the basketball. Jeez. Holy shit. How is that possible? In 37 minutes. <laughs> you left you left that out. In 37 minutes. Like he was able to do that. So black hole out. I mean, that is that, you know, that, that's rather impressive compiling on his part. But um I mean, what's even more impressive is that Mitchell Robinson played 28 minutes and didn't score at all. <laughs> like, he got nine total rebounds. You couldn't put back one of those? He attempted one shot. So, that, that's, that's amazing. How about to... getting an assist? Can anybody, get, anybody other than Jalen Brunson get an assist on this team? RJ Barrett had three. Quentin Grimes had two. Hartenstein had Hartenstein had three, you know. Hart had four. It, not many, not many. I mean, Brunson got himself a double double. That, that's another thing. Julius Randle had a triple, had a fifty-seven points and single digits across the board for everything else. But like you're not making your team better if you put the team on your back. Good job. What way to put the team on your back? But. Ultimately, this doesn't do anything for your team. It, the result, really, you're locked in at this point. That is firmly about you getting yours, which is fine from a you know statistical contract standpoint. But like when it comes playoff time, you have to play team ball and the rotation. If you're Tom Thibodeau, you cannot have a nine-man rotation in the playoffs. Nine men. It can't happen. 
you're going to run these guys into the ground. And some of the guys that you didn't play, right? Say what you will about Evan Fournier. He's a pro. He can't knock down an open three from time to time. Derrick Rose. DNP, coach's decision. Turk McBride. Jericho Sims. Useful players. Not getting any burn whatsoever. Meanwhile, these top nine are going to get burned out before you even get to the playoffs. And Nick fans should be concerned. <coughs> We've seen Thibodeau do this several times when he was in Chicago. He burns out his players. They reach a very clear ceiling. And then Tibbs is looking for a new job. So... Nick fans, be very careful. Be very careful with this team because uh, as good as Brunson has been, and he appears to be the real deal, Josh Hart has been a good addition. R.J. Barrett, he's solid, could be better. But I have a feeling that uh, this is a portent of things to come. I I really think it's a portent of things to come. We're going to see... And it's going to be a heck of a series, but if these changes are not made, it's it's going to be a first-round bounce. You got to play more guys, plain and simple. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutmail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, FaderouteDNZ. Joining us on the in route today, we have avid Jets fan former head coach of the Smack and Kill Spartans, Coach Clinton D'Souza. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I know there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in Jetland. So oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And all I can say is it's about time. <laughs> uh, so listen, we'll start off. I mean, last week, Aaron Rodgers revealed his plans to play football next season. And he's told the Packers he would be willing to play for the New York Jets. As a Jet fan, what does that mean to you and the fan base to hear that a great player like Aaron Rodgers wants to play for your team? I mean, it's, it, it is pretty wild. Um, you know, I still had my doubts before he went on that show that he was going to go right back to Green Bay. But I, I think it says that we've built the right culture. Um, we have pieces that Obviously, he thinks with his presence could make a run. Um, And I think we have the right coaching staff. So I think they're in front office. So I think there's a mixture of we've built this thing uh, strategically over the past couple of years. So while we've all suffered kind of through really bad seasons and then last season's collapse, um, there's hope for the future. Yeah, it's I want to come play for you, but can you get all of these players too? <laughs> just saying. I think you guys just need me, but 
could you get some of these guys? That would be a lot of fun. No, but it, I think I think they're heading in the right direction. I mean, it, you know, out of all the 32 teams, I mean, the Jets were definitely one of his spots, and they seemed really excited to have him. So, you know, through free agency, the Jets were also able to sign Alan Lazard. Uh, today, they signed Nicole Hardman. Uh, and Lazard was Rodgers' top target last season. How important was it for the Jets to sign Lazard? And who else would you like to see them sign? Uh, I think the Lazard signing was was excellent, um, regardless of Aaron, if Aaron comes or not. Because uh, I still have my doubts there, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But, um, you know, I, I think he's a, a good piece, a younger piece than a Corey Davis. Uh, maybe not as an injured piece as a Corey Davis. So uh, I feel like he could be a, a, a true contributor. And if Aaron does come, obviously, they have a good relationship. Uh, I love the Hardman pickup today. I, I think that's kind of a more seasoned, upgraded Elijah, Elijah Moore. Um, and, and honestly, I think it's time to start bolstering our offensive line. Uh, I, don't, I, I think we've missed the boat on the top 10 free agents in terms of that position. So uh, that's pretty unfortunate. Um, so I don't know, signing-wise, I know there's rumors about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I, I don't love him for our locker room, um, to be honest. Uh, I used to have a relationship with Dave Gettleman, and I, I know some, not some secrets, obviously everybody knows, he's not the best locker room guy. So, you know, to me, to me, uh, I wouldn't love that move because I feel like we're, we're getting wide receiver heavy. But um, I, I would love to see some, some interior D linemen and some uh, offensive linemen. Dare yeah, we I mean, say some of the media narrative around Odell Beckham Jr. is true? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I mean Lazard, Lazard's a serious receiver, 6'5", 227 pounds. I mean, this guy has a tremendous upside. He's 27 years old, um, so the future is very bright for him. And the next six years should be, you know, very good for the New York Jets, regardless of whoever the quarterback is. But you know. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about how Rodgers went into darkness retreat for two to three days. And at the beginning of the retreat, he admitted he was 90% retired. However, he came out of the retreat ready for another season. So, I mean, do you think Rodgers is fully committed to playing multiple seasons for the Jets? Or could this be like a one-and-done situation? Uh... Man, I, I, I really do hope and pray that he is a multiple season kind of commitment here that the darkness retreat kind of rejuvenated him and he wants to end his career on a, on a, on a better note. Uh, but I, I, I can also see him saying, you know, after one year, especially I think it really depends on how the season goes. Um, if, it, if he's plagued with injury and he's behind a Swiss cheese O-line, you know, he's going to weigh the worth worth it uh, future life uh, question. If he's, you know, well protected, you know, within reason and, and they make a good push, um, I can see him coming back for a second year. So you think uh, we haven't seen the full list of demands? Do you think Bakhtiari's on there? or <laughs> He probably should be. And uh, any old school center that he had, I, I'm sure uh, he wants his entire offensive line rebuilt. That being said, you know, the deal still isn't done. Like, we know this. Like, the Packers and Jets are still kind of working out compensation details. There's salary cap, post-June 1st designation, stuff like that. Corey Davis might end up being part of 
the casualty in order to get him in and the moves today kind of indicate that are there parts of you like deep down in your soul like do you are there parts of you that feel that this deal could still flame out and stall out a hundred percent i i don't <laughs> he's a jet are, fan of course you are you are not a jet fan if part of you if maybe 85 percent of you <laughs> think this is not going to work out if you're a jet fan and you think oh we got this in the bag <laughs> you were probably just born this year as a jet fan so it is uh yeah there's no doubt in my mind if that news flash comes across that deal can't be done deals over uh rogers is staying in green bay I, I, I can't say I'd be surprised. I mean, it's hard not to be. Well, I, mean, I mean, the whole thing is, is the longer this drags out, you would think that another team yes. would get involved, right? Yes. Like, you can't tell me the Dolphins wouldn't be like, hmm, what, what, I mean, what really would it take at this point? Because we got to, like, especially if they are able to get through the draft, right? We're, or if the deal doesn't get done before the draft, now the Dolphins get through the 2023 draft. Okay, now we, we'd only be giving up 2024 picks. Yeah. You know, and, and that that's what I think is the I, – I would be worried about if I was the Jets. You know, the Packers I don't think care. But I would worry that other – and then there was a report today that came out that apparently the 49ers reached out to Big Ben last year uh, af- after Jimmy Garoppolo went down. So it's like, well, they're going to call – to see if Big Ben wants to come there, but they're not interested in Aaron Rodgers at all. Like it's just things like that that once you get through the draft and you've gotten to, you know, you've you've seen what players you were able to get, what you weren't able to get, you've seen what your competition has gotten, then I think it opens the door for more teams to get back into this thing. Um, oh, hundred percent. And it's so it's hard to determine who actually has the leverage. Yes, Aaron can hold them hostage and make it feel like a hostile work environment. But at the same time, you're talking about trading a huge future Hall of Famer who's still got an arm and can still play. It's not a Brett Favre situation where it's the tail end. It is the tail end, but he's still playing at a high level. And you have to figure that with this going on, the market has to start coming around to Lamar Jackson. You kind of figure that the collusion, that this apparent collusion will stop. And, you know, he is significantly younger Yes, he will cost you guaranteed money, but he's not going to give you the headaches that Aaron Rodgers will. Like You figure the market is going to start moving under him as well. Yeah, I, but I just feel like the Lamar Jackson headache comes in the form of when he's on the IR. Um, and I don't even say if, I say when. Because, and I love Lamar, and I think he's very much one of a kind in terms of his style, but he does get injured quite a bit and maybe he was saving himself for a new contract. But to me, you are putting your quarterback uh, in a lot of dangerous predicaments when Lamar Jackson is just running free. So I, I think the trade value for an Aaron might be more worth it in, even though he's 39 uh, compared to Lamar who is going to act like he's 39 because he's going to get hurt. Well, there's always Cam Newton. You know, he was throwing it. He was throwing <laughs> Auburn Pro Day, and he said there aren't 32 mfers in the league who are better than him. Honestly, so I if the deal Zach's was to fall apart, who's doing it? I don't think Zach's better than him. So, 
<laughs> but if the deal is to fall apart, who's quarterbacking the Jets? Mike White is gone. Zach Wilson is still there. Like, this, all jokes aside, is is Cam a viable option? This is a ter- this this is a hard question. So, I I honestly think they go with Zach. I don't think that's the answer. Uh, I think they're. I think the reason they're pressing so hard for you know recruiting Derek Carr and then possibly trading for Aaron Rodgers and it looks like that might go through is because they're in win now mode and I think this regime has pretty much been given even though Woody Johnson won't say it publicly been given you win now or this is it um and I don't think Zach's a win now quarterback I think he could be with a lot of help a win in the future quarterback but definitely not now and especially coming off the way his season ended where they didn't even play him in the most meaningless game to get him reps like it's just ridiculous i mean we did find one quarterback that cam newton is better than so like i guess maybe he's maybe he's on to something there um but we'll get we'll get get out here on this one coach so you're a nick fan as well as a jet fan so god god bless you yeah, and then, <laughs> hard existence. <laughs> the Knicks, however, are pleasant surprise this year. They're sitting pretty well. They're they're in the five seed right now. They draw Cleveland in the first round. You like that spot for them, and how do you like their chances in the playoffs? I don't like that spot for them. I I I think they I think they're a very different team. Uh, I think they're built different. I text my brother this all the time. Just when I think they're gonna go into their usual Nick lull, they do make comebacks and they do play good good defense in in, in spurts that really kind of catal- uh, catapult them. I just don't love the Cleveland matchup because of the Donovan Mitchell factor. He's gonna mm. turn it on. He's gonna Trey Young us like a couple of years ago, and it's gonna feel like this season was for nothing. Um, I would love. I mean. I would love to flip it, maybe, and we're the home seed um, versus them. But I, I don't think we're going to catch up enough ground with like ten games left. So, um, yeah, I, I don't love the matchup. I'd be ecstatic if they can get through the first round and 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 send Cleveland home. But it makes me nervous because uh, they should have been in the Donovan Mitchell uh, sweepstakes and they weren't. And now he could get a chance to knock them out. Well, we know Coach Tibbs is going to play his team like their hair is on fire because that's what Tibbs does. So, they, I mean, anything could happen, right? They, they definitely – they could flip-flop. Yep. I don't see why not, but what's that going to leave you in the playoffs? I know, yeah. I mean, it, it only gives you a couple more home games. but And, and the Garden in the playoffs is a whole different animal. So I, I hope that we can get more <laughs> games, but we'll see. Julius Randle's a different animal in the playoffs, too, just saying. Yeah, <laughs> not in a good way. No, not in a good way. No, he's not Jimmy Butler. Let's no. put it that way. Like, I, I, I'm i on record from a couple years back that when Jimmy Butler was available, they should have yeah. gone out of their way and brought Jimmy Butler to New York. But, you know, them's the breaks. Yeah. What are you going to do? But Coach Clinton D'Souza, we know what you're going to do. You are, again a repeat member of the in crowd thank you for joining us coach and if you want to join us on the in route hit us up at fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast or 
drop us a line on Twitter. DM us at FadeRouteDNZ. Coach Clinton D'Souza, thank you so much for joining us, and we can't wait to have you on again. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Love the show, and uh, keep rocking. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at the Fade Route DNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and the winner of said vote gets a mention on this here show, and coveted ass trophy and do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week d i don't it was the jets and aaron Rodgers in a landslide in a landslide the fans have spoken aaron joe robert woody get your shit together and get it done because we're all tired of it but that was last week this is this week. Who are your nominees? D. All right. First up is an easy one for me. We got Mike Trout. Arguably one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Went down swinging against Shohei Otani last night in the WBC final. Big spot. You need to come through for your team, for your country. And you struck out, Mike Trout. Mike Trout, you're my legend superstar of the week. Number two, fellow teammate. Mookie Betts, you, before Mike Trout got up, hit into a double play. Uh, these are, you're one of the best players in Major League Baseball. You get up in the ninth inning with a chance to drive in a run, and you missed a big spot. Mookie Betts, you're my alleged superstar of the week. And last one, Z, surprising for So just want to surprise you. I got Elijah Moore. Moore was traded today to the Browns for a second-round pick. He asked to be traded last season when he realized Zach Wilson was not capable of making passes. Then he was excited when the Jets were acquiring Aaron Rodgers, but then less excited when they signed Alan Lazard. But then he was more excited because he got traded to Cleveland. But really, he's he's on my list because, you know, he was a second-round pick. Last season, he only had 400 yards receiving and one touchdown. Now you're going to Cleveland. 
So maybe you'll be better in Cleveland. So Elijah Moore, you're my alleged superstar of the week. See what he got. All good choices. I believe I have some in-game audio of last night's performance from Mr. Trout. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. But all good choices, you know, like Elijah Moore, be careful what you wish for because now you're, you know, you're with Deshaun Watson. So, well, maybe he's maybe he'll be excited for that. Um, I gotta start with James Reimer and the Chicago Blackhawks, for that matter. There's a lot of homophobic sentiment going around the NHL right now, with player and team refusal to wear the Pride jersey. So this is an NHL problem. A few months ago, the Rangers actually declined. They were all aboard to do the Pride Night, wearing the Pride sweater for warm-ups, having the rainbow stick tape, and then last minute it was pulled. Now James Reimer has come out citing religion. Chicago Blackhawks have come out citing Russian law that dissuades you from doing this. You don't want to get into a hot water situation with Russian law if you leave and go back home. But it is homophobic. It's completely homophobic. And you have to take a stand. This is an opportunity. Your league stands for something. It stands for inclusion. It stands for diversity. And frankly... If you're going to show you're an ally to that community, you have to. You have to do these things. Otherwise, what player is ever going to be feel comfortable in those locker rooms again? If, if you know, if they're in the closet, or if they're openly gay, why would they feel comfortable being in those locker rooms? If I was in their shoes, I wouldn't be. So, NHL, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Antonio Conte, Tottenham Hotspurs manager. First, you blew a two-goal lead to the worst team in the Premier League. That's not even the worst part. The scorched earth, vitriol, that you unleashed in your press conference... First of all, I mean, as an Italian, I love it. It was chef's kiss. It was beautiful. But it's bad, man. Throwing ownership under the bus, saying that they enabled the players for 20 years, <coughs> and it's been 20 years under your ownership. They haven't won a damn thing in the Premier League. And, you know, the media gives players alibi after alibi and excuse after excuse. You know, it, in terms of meltdowns in terms of rants, it's epic. It was wonderful. You love to hear it, but you gotta wonder if my man's is trying to get out. Like, Cousin Luigi came in and he did a good job while you were in the, while you were in the hospital getting, you know, recovering from a gallbladder surgery and maybe he feels that he's not exactly needed anymore and starting to lash out. 
but Antonio Conte, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, but certainly not least, Purdue. The Purdue men's basketball team. There was only one number one seed that went down to a 16 seed. And now there are two because of you guys. So welcome to the history books for all the wrong reasons. Purdue men's basketball team, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've made our piece. We've said our piece. We've made our arguments. Go to our Twitter poll at FadeRouteDNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote. And for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. brownies of course you love brownies but you know what's better than a brownie a delicious handcrafted gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep that's what our guys at sweet life brownie co offer chef tommy d and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic ob to dutch apple to campfire s'mores and many more check out their website sweetlifebrownieco.com for their friday brownie drops at noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them DNZ sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Order up! It is the final preview for our Major League Baseball regular season extravaganza. And we saved the best for last. The National League East. It is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. The National League Beast from 5 to 1. Who you got, D? All right. Uh, Number 5. It's hard. I'm going with the Nationals. You know, it's hard you know, not to see another 100-loss season here. You know, they traded away all their talent, Soto, Turner, they lost Scherzer. You know, I think they're letting their young guys play. So I'm, I'm going with the Nationals at five. Now, four of the Marlins, I mean, they have Johnny Cueto and Sandy Alcantara, so they should be able to win some games. I just don't see where the offense is going to come from here. Uh... And this division is stacked, as you know, we're going to get into. And they think, you know, these last three, I mean, I'm sure you and I are going to, you know, have them in different orders. But, I mean, I, I've, at, at three, I have the Phillies. 
and they're loaded with talent and Nolan Wheeler at the top of their rotation is is stellar um, then they have Schwerber, Hoskins, Bohm, Real Muto and, and Harper but Harper won't be there until after the all-star all break in their lineup and I think then largely I think that's why I have them at threes because they're going to miss him in the beginning of the season and we really don't know how long it's going to take for him to be effective right Mm-hmm. And number two, I've got the Mets. I mean, I see Berlander and Scherzer doing enough to keep the Mets relevant, but I think the loss of Edwin Diaz is going to hurt their ability to win close games, especially down the stretch. Number one, call me a homer, but I'm I'm going with the Bravos, man. I mean, I, I think Hull Olsen's going to compete for an MVP this year. Kuna should be back into form. Riley's going to beast it, and it's the rotation, man. We got Soroka, we got White. We've got Morton, Strider, Freed. There's no excuses. So that's what I got, man. What about you? Well, I think we're in agreement on the Nationals. It's very, uh, very apparent that they're in a rebuild. So they're benefiting from the Trey Turner trade. They're benefiting from the multiple trades that they have made somehow you're going to have Patrick Corbin still on this roster. Like, it's amazing to me. But, <laughs> you know, you're, you have... That guy is uh, bad. That yeah. guy is really bad. You're still running out Corbin. You're still running out Strasburg. Like, that's very interesting to me. But then you're also going to have guys like Josiah Gray. You're going to have Mackenzie Gore that you got from San Diego. You have Kiebert Ruiz that you got from the Dodgers. You, know, you you have, you know, you have some flashes. You have hope for the future. So the hope, you know, they brought in Jeter Downs, right? Jeter Downs is an, another guy that they got in via trade. So they're going to, they have this mix of veteran presence, but they won't be here very long. Because you're looking at your your veteran presence is Corey Dickerson, Dom Smith, Finnegan, C.J. Edwards, and the aforementioned Corbin and Strasburg. Like the kids are going to get burned, but you know it's going to be a long year in D.C. Number four, it's hard to disagree with the Marlins too. You know they eventually. They have to to come around, right? You, you kind of figure with the the team that they have, like they have impressive talent. You have guys like Alcantara, but then you know you have a bunch of also rans in this rotation, and it's just kind of meh. So it, may, it makes you wonder. Like Jacob Stallings looked like a stud in Pittsburgh. And he took a significant step back his first year in Miami. Right. Pablo Lopez got traded for Luis Arias. Is Luis Arias, is he going to be the guy? Like, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. But, man, they're, they're going to compete, but they're just not talented enough to turn that competition into consistent winning. Number three, we're still in agreement. We're still, I'm with you on the Phillies. 
like that's great that you have Aaron Nola. It's great that you have Taiwan Walker, Zach Wheeler. Like you have some arms in that rotation. But that bullpen, man. <laughs> like, that bullpen. Like Alvarado's a hothead. Like he'll he's more likely to get thrown out of a game. Sir Anthony Dominguez, did he turn a corner? Is he gonna be you know, is he gonna be the closer that you think he is? You brought in Craig Kimbrell. Like that's all you need to know. In the year of our Lord, 2023, we still think that Craig Kimbrell is the answer. I don't see it. I just don't see it. They're going to hit. <laughs> They're certainly going to hit. But that bullpen, that bullpen is going to be the death. Number two. It's hard. It's hard to say that the Braves are number two because this is going to be a two-horse race. It's going to come down to the wire, much like it did last year. Now, head-to-head, Atlanta beat the Mets. Did the Mets do enough to overtake them is the question. You already made the case as to why the Braves are stacked and ready to go. I still think it's going to be an issue of health, right? Albies is coming back. Acuna, is he going to stay healthy? Is Michael Harris for real? Oh, Michael Harris is for real. We'll see. We'll see. We thought Jeff Francoeur was for real, right? (laughs) Another local guy, right? Jeff Francoeur is supposed to be a stud. He bounced around the league for a little while. Outfield is a little thin. You know, Luplo, Hilliard, Rosario. Mm, probably can use another guy. Marcelo Zuna, he's there. You don't want him playing the outfield. <laughs> you don't want to, if, if Marcelo Zuna's playing the outfield, you got a problem. A little thin in the infield, too. Olsen, Riley, Arcia, Albies. You know, you can use a little bit more there. Like that, that depth could be a problem. So that's the one reason I would put, I would put the Braves below the Mets. The Mets, their depth is challenged in the bullpen right now because of the loss of Diaz. But I like what Billy Epler did. Like he brought in David Robertson, right? I can't stand Adam Onovino, but they brought him back. Like they, there are, there's deep, deep roots here. Like Brooks Raley needed a lefty out of the bullpen. Let's see if he's the guy. Steven Writings from the Yankees, he apparently, you know, he was doing okay. Like, he was touching triple digits. He looked solid before he got hurt. We'll see what happens. Maybe McGill will catch fire. There's plenty of depth there. John Curtis, at one point, he was one of the more trusted pitchers in the Rays' bullpen. So, we'll see. But... It's hard to argue with this lineup if they if they can possibly shake off what happened last year and continue to grow. This team has been fortified. And you're going to have more guys on the way because that's the one thing about Steve Cohen, that's the one thing about Billy Epler. 
they've proven that they're not shy about adding, right? They brought in Vogel back. Unfortunately, they brought in Darren Ruff last year at the deadline. This year, they brought in Tommy Pham. You brought in, there are plenty of reinforcements. It's go time. The big fish was Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga. You fortified this team enough. We're officially in shit or get off the pot time if you are the New York Mets. So I'm going to take them, number one, narrowly over the Braves in a script flip script flip from last year. LFGM. This has been the Freight Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So until next time, stay fade, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.